0: Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 5, and you wonder, what if? With kindness practitioner, Tony Award nominee, and star of Come From Away, Jen Colella. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stage Door Medium. I have a very special guest today um a a tony award nominee nonetheless who i kept waiting by the way the first time i'll fill you in in a little bit but i could not be more excited to to have her here so please welcome jen konella to our show today hi Jen, how are you
1: i'm good how are you brother
0: i'm well i'm well uh thank you so much for for coming on today i could not be more excited to have you it's
1: my Uh, pleasure entirely i was very excited to see you again
0: and it's funny um if gosh there are sometimes you know when i when i read people i get a little nervous before that zoom camera connects and with you i was so excited and i was like i can just tell that we're gonna click and sure enough sure enough we did yeah um, but if, if you're listening at home quick funny story so i was like as i said i was excited but i leading up to the reading, they kept showing me a symbol for like, you know how it says like so and so has entered the lobby or like the waiting room. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm like, well, that's cute. I'm like, I'm excited to talk with her too. Because your grandfather was coming through earlier. And he was like, kept showing me the image. I'm like, all right, like, yes, I'm very excited. But he kept showing me the damn image of like Jen Kalela has entered the waiting room, not realizing that that was my symbol for I did not send you the link. So, That's funny. and then I see your email and you were so kind. You're like, are we still, do you have, you're gonna send me the link? And I'm like, shit, 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 shit. And then I'm like, and, and when you do a reading, if you if you're listening, as the medium, you are not supposed to go in stressed at all. So now I'm stressing. And then the other factor, I'm like, I'm keeping a Tony Award nominee waiting. And I'm like, Get out of here. How dare you? (laughs) How dare (laughs) you? What have you been up to since since quarantine has begun?
1: Um, It's been so fascinating because I left in March. I left New York City in March um, to come to Canada with my partner and her kid. And I have been in Canada ever since. So it's been nearly a year, I guess, um, that I've been sheltering here in beautiful Canada. I'm now in Stratford and it's stunning. You know, it's just really beautiful. It's a beautiful community, it's a beautiful place. There's snow everywhere right now and I've never seen so much snow. It just looks like it's not even real. Um, I got a dog. I have a little four-month-old Stella Colella, whom <laughs> I love very, very much. Um, it's been wonderful to have the time to connect with her and to allow us to have a deep bond uh, that will last, you know, for her lifetime. And um, and other than that, I've I've been surprisingly busy. I'm teaching a lot of master classes. I've been hosting some virtual galas. Um, I also have been doing some concerts. I recorded some demos. Um, I wrote a song with Tom Kitt that Sony Records is going to um, produce, which is kind of dope. Um, just found out about that. That's and um, yeah, so it's been cool, right, to like see how we can stay active during this time of shutdown. And I'm just so impressed with artists being able to, to keep things alive.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised though, that, that Broadway artists are, are still finding ways to, to be creative and to, and to flourish. And, but also about your dog, that, that's so exciting. Like I, I was reading that there was a spike in adoptions and, and people you know, finding pets. And um, I remember years ago, I'll never forget it. When I toured Greece, I was in Athens and our tour guide mentioned that when their economy really took a nosedive, they said the one thing that they saw spike were adoptions of dogs. They said because people were feeling lonely, and they wanted some form of, of company and companionship. And um, I mean, I know it's so random, but I also learned that dogs there are part of the, the municipality. So every stray dog is tagged. So if the if you find that the dog needs medical treatment, you can actually call the number on the tag, and these dogs will all get free health care. It, it was amazing. I love
1: that. Oh, I love that.
0: I know. Um, yeah,
1: I'm just, I'm so glad we share the planet with all animals, but, but dogs the best. especially. I, the oh best. my gosh. Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess um, while you're, uh, now that you're all cozy in Stratford, um, can you uh, can you tell me just for a little bit, when did you get the bug to, to be a performer? Was it something that you always knew that you were meant to do?
1: For sure. Um, I've always been a singer. I, I can remember the moment when I connected this the sound of singing that vibration to joy. Um, my mom was holding me, I must have been three or four. And she was singing Barbra Streisand, who was playing and dancing and laughing. And I remember those two female voices mixing and the vibration of that and the smell of my mother's skin and the joy emanating from her. I, I there was this moment like I can remember being like, Oh, this is goodness. Like Barbara Streisand is goodness. Is goodness. (laughs) And and then, you know, I just wanted to hear it all the time. And my mother and I would sing in the house and then I sang in choir all through elementary school and middle school and high school. And then it was like show choir and concert choir. And um, I just, anytime I could sing, I would sing. And so it's been since pretty early on, I would say
0: song. Hey, I, it's funny before I do a reading, sometimes we always have to find ways to what I call is like lift our vibration or raise our vibration. Um, so like one of the things that if you're new to watching stage door medium, I always like to share little tidbits with you at home about what it's like on, 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 my end, um, and how there's some parallels to, you know, so many parallels to artists and performers. And I remember I would watch videos of Broadway performers and how they would get ready and they would listen to music or they would sing songs you know on the radio to help and really it, it's the same thing as a medium we sing like not everyone but i sing before a reading because it raises my vibration it puts good out there mm-hmm. um, and the way i describe it is that spirits you know our our loved ones on the other side they vibrate um, their frequency is at a higher level than we are so if we're here we've got to do something to bridge the gap so meditation and singing does this and all of a sudden if i have a really good meditation or if i'm like you know, belting out like I don't know, um, me in the sky uh, before I before I before I read you know do a reading. It's so much easier to hear and connect on the other side. So just the that. way you speak, you speak like a medium. It's it's amazing talking about the sense. The Yeah, thank
1: you. You know, I always, I like to tell my students that when you warm up, even, even if you're singing la 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 la, that you want to think about someone you love. Think about something instead of just making the sound. It's when we put intention behind any vibration that the quantum field, uh, you know, grabs onto it, right? We have to have that behind it.
0: I I just geek out. I feel like, uh, I I say the exact same thing. I I have a little list of people that I'm grateful for and what I'm grateful every day. And I write it down before reading. So sometimes it's literally something just like the ability to get out of bed in the morning and be able to walk on my own two feet and breathe. And, you know, um, you know, things like that, that again, it's all focused intention. So, um, I would love, oh gosh, I'd love to talk with you uh, uh, about your career. So you've, you've done so many things. Um, if, if I would love to fast forward for a little bit, if that's okay though, because I would love to talk about if then, mm. and to me, I mean, as an audience member, I know I told you, but you know, if you're listening, when I saw if then, I want to say it was, it was 2015, right? Cause it was before I Hamilton. So. Yep. And, uh, Richard Rogers and I got my seat and Um, I remember I I went there to, you know, to see Idina. And I think so many people were going there to kind of see her in this new work. And Mm -hmm. I left there. And it's interesting, Idina was wonderful, you know, she was brilliant. But I left there going like, oh, I just saw the Jen Colella musical. And I remember I went to the door to speak with you after just to like, thank you for for the like, because I had no prior experience to hearing your voice. And your talent is so singular. Like I've never heard a voice that sounds like yours. And um, it was the most joyful, like two and a half hours to not only see a brand new piece of theater that was not based off of a book or a movie or like a TV show, but, and then to, to have you sing that score and like there are certain parts I will rewind all the time, not rewind. Oh, my God, I sound so old. Um, <laughs> scrub back through, scrub through on my, on my phone and listen to your voice. And so um, can you talk about like what that process, like how did the job come about? What was the experience like making a new piece of theater? And especially something that I'm assuming resonates so deeply with you, because there's a deep spiritual aspect to if then
1: indeed first of all thank you for your sweet compliments on my work and that just feels awesome to hear it's never people like oh you must get tired of hearing compliments about your work not ever like ever it means a lot to me i respect you as a person and as an artist so i just don't want to like fly by you taking the time to be so effusive about what i've put out in the world thank you i really appreciate it feels nice thank you um so it's interesting because i was a part of that um process uh, developing that musical for several years, Uh, I was actually um, written in um, as I was Kate at first. I was LaShawn's role. Um, Brian Yorkie and Tom Kitt came up to me and they were like, we want this like lesbian character. And her name was actually Jen in the first script that we read. Um, And so we had meetings about like, what you know what that would be like and what kind of lesbian role model we want and the flaws as well and um so then once we knew we were moving into production i got a call from david stone the producer and he said look i can't have three white leads in this show it's not responsible it doesn't represent new york and i was like you're absolutely right. I can't believe we're replacing Anthony, is what I thought. I didn't say that, but I was like, poor Anthony's going to be out, gosh. And he said, we've got LaShans. And I thought, to replace Anthony Rapp, that is an interesting choice. But And then I realized in, that he meant me, that I was going to be replaced with LaShans, that I was no longer going to be a lead in that capacity um, in the show. And after developing a show for several years with friends and having a a part literally written for you, you think "If, if I could be safe, this is a moment that I'm safe. And I realized that I was no longer safe and that I might be out of it. And I had a moment where I could have been like, are you kidding me? How dare you? And I just was like, that makes total sense. Of course, I wish you the best. I will put only good energy around this project. And I hope that I can be a part of it in any way. So it was like good terms. And then days later, Tom Kitt said to me, we want to write another role. And we want to write a girlfriend for LaShawn's. Will you do that? And I was like, put me in the game coach, like anything <laughs> at all to be a part of this, uh, absolutely. And it was a delight to work with Lashans and to um, be an out contemporary lesbian on that stage. And then part of the deal was that I was Adina's second cover which I have never done.
0: I thought you ever. had to go on. I did go on, right, one Wednesday
1: oh, matinee. I-, I totally went on um, and it was, terrifying and extraordinary and um yeah it was just the whole experience and that whole cast the company we fell madly in love with each other we knew something special was going on it made us all question every choice that we made and how one path can take you a different direction and how it doesn't matter what you choose. You can't choose incorrectly. You have to keep your heart open, choose what feels right for you in that moment and go. There's never going to be this like, oh no, I should have. A-. You might feel that way, but it's not the truth. The truth is everything is as it's supposed to be because it is. That's what I think.
0: I mean, look at your experience. I mean, look at the experience where you thought you were being written out Totally. and then all of a sudden it and, so, you know and and then they're like surprised we're writing a character and then it's funny then you then you watch the finished version of if then and you can't imagine that show with without that couple you know what I mean it, mm. it, it's um, and then the way you brought it up I say that all the time during a reading so so a couple of things that I should share with with, with you um, you know um, if you're listening um, if you ever go to a medium that does not honor free will um leave right that second i mean you should never ever ever have a medium tell you that you have to do something or that you should not or you that you can't do something and they or they should never say well your mother is saying you have to do this never um rule one is the free will trumps everything is Mm -hmm. what i will say free will trumps it all um however that doesn't mean um as when i read sometimes i am shown I always say, if you ask a question, I will give you, there's three things that could happen. The first thing, which is like 85 to 90% of the time, I can give you the answer. And then I will ask them, like, if it's someone's mom, I'll say, in addition to that piece of information you just gave me, give me a little bit of tidbit, uh, give me a tidbit about yourself. So I know it's you. So the, so the client doesn't just think I'm going oh yeah, you're going to do this and it's going to be great. And just yeah. recently I, I got the information and then she said, talk about the buttons. And she showed me a bowl of buttons. And I'm like, did your mom collect buttons? And like, that's not a common thing, no. you know? And, and this woman was like, oh, she had bowls and bowls of buttons everywhere. <laughs> so that was my little way of, okay, we calibrated it. I know that what I'm hearing is correct. Um, the other two times they'll either do this or it's kind of, almost like the way, Never mind. the wicked symbols this, but um, I'll, I'll get this, which means, they don't want you to know, um, because let's say it's so beautiful and so joyful. And if you were to know what was coming, sometimes people might try to rush to get Mm -hmm. there or they'll show me the very if then symbol, which is the fork in the road that winds up at an X. And if I see an X, it means it's gonna happen no matter what, it's just how you choose to get there. It's like Mm to choose your own adventure. And like you and I spoke about this, like, you know, I remember we were we were laughing because I was like, no matter what, you know, and, and if then, like, no matter which path she goes, she still finds James Snyder, and which That's is right. you know, like, <laughs> not even Josh, just, just, it's just James yeah, Snyder, just, James just to Snyder. find James Snyder. And yeah, I say that all the time. I mean, um, and I guess to give a practical example, one time I read somebody and I saw an X and with the baby on the X, and I was like, well, you're you're meant to have a child. That much I know. And I think the question was, well, I'm not so sure that I want to stay in my relationship. So when I see that X, it's just a prime example of you're going to be a parent no matter what. Okay. Mm-hmm. They know how much you want to be a mom or a dad, um, but it just means you might be able to adopt. You might find somebody else. It might be a, a non-traditional sense where it might be you, you start dating someone or you marry someone who has a child you're that parent as well, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so I always say, you know, stay open to the, you know, to the beauty of how it could work out. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know, just if then was so special for me to, to see something that was so, even the way with the dialogue was written, um, you know, just about her having these talks with her, with herself. You know, when, when I, when we meditate, I always say, in addition to possibly picking up on loved ones, you're picking up on that little voice inside of yourself as well look at the first line. She goes, Hey, it's me. And, um, which, how was that by the way, being the understudy to go on when Terrible. those lights come up, were, were they like, who, like, who are,
1: <laughs> well, that's the terrifying thing, right? Cause people are coming to see Adina. And so that, Hey, it's me was always this warm, beautiful, you know, she got to bathe in this applause. And so I came out there lights and I was like, Hey, it's me. <laughs> and they were very sweet. I, i had had, I think because I had tweeted about it, there, there was time enough for some folks who knew me and of my work to come and they were very supportive. Anthony was like, that was like a 15 second reception. Like he counted, like we had to hold the show because they were super super nice to me. They knew that I was terrified and uh, gave me a lot of love that day. It was sweet.
0: Oh goodness. Um, I'd love to talk about Come From Away.
1: Well, I was actually in, um, I was performing If Then when I got called into audition. And I remember learning Captain Bass's song, um, Me in the Sky, and thinking, oh, I'm way too young for this. She says she's 51, There's, there's no way I'm gonna be able to rock this. So I thought, as we have to do sometimes as actors, let me prepare, let me go in for Telsey, let me go in for Chris Ashley, and show them how prepared I am, and the way that I work, and remind them, even if I'm not right for this role, right? So that's how I went in, just totally like, not my role, but I really want to do well. And then I got called back, and I thought, wow, sweet. They just want to see me up against whomever they're really looking at so that they can mm-hmm. gauge. Like, And I was like, I'm happy to help them out. And went in again and sang the song again, and there's a moment as an actor where you can see across the table that you're going to get it. Uh, sometimes Uh, they just, everybody kind of relaxes and the vibration and they feel grateful. And, and, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to, I'm going to get this role. And I felt a huge sense of responsibility because I'm playing a woman who not only broke glass ceilings for other women in her particular field, but who is very much alive and I'm sure would see the show. And so thus began this like... Uh, you know, carving out of trying to honor somebody and create my own thing and be a part of this movement of kindness that is all I've ever wanted to do as a person and an, art- and an artist my whole life. So it was beautiful alchemy.
0: What is it What is it like? Because I know I know you know Beverly quite well. So what is she like as a person? What did she think of the show as a whole? Was she pleased with it? Was she pleased with with your interpretation? Because it's gotta be a weird thing to- sit in an audience and because I remember reading um, an interview with Stephanie Block where she talked about Liza I guess Liza did see the boy from Oz she saw it once but she said it was you know she says I can imagine it's got to be a weird thing being in the audience people know who you are and then kind of having people watch you watch watch yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I mean what was that like
1: Well, the first night, it was funny. She and I met prior to her seeing the show. We had just finished our final preview at La Jolla and we all went over to this restaurant, James's place, across the street, and she was there. It was the first time we had seen one another kind of across the room, and she made her way over to me and she said, I think you're playing me. I said, I think you're right. (laughs) And we just embraced, and we immediately felt this kinship, and she had no idea how big of a role she played. She was like, we had this interview you know years ago in gander and then they called us here for this opening so and then they started telling me about their experience they were like you know we sat on the tarmac for 28 hours like there we and then her husband tom was like we have this map in our kitchen where we put pins in when we travel and i was like you don't say like I knew goosebumps all of these things were in the show and they wanted to share them with me and so I was just holding space for them and nodding and then the next night opening night in La Jolla there she is third row right in front of me and as I was singing the song for most of it her her face was just buried in her hands she was so overcome and Tom was like holding her she was completely overcome and then she saw the show well over a hundred times she just loved coming back she loved she was very very supportive of what i was doing um and it's sweet too as far as personally goes you know she and i are very different people this is a southern conservative woman here i am a left liberal lesbian in new york and um there's no other way our paths would have crossed and certainly us to come together and have this respect for one another so it's quite beautiful i like that art and that just people being kind um in real life served as this bridge for she and i to to forge this friendship
0: i would imagine you know that come from away is going to just gosh when when we're back you know performing again come from away is going to in addition to like how it was already resonating, it's going to hit probably on an even deeper level. I um, think so too. You have to wonder too, I was thinking about it. You have to wonder for future shows, you know, in, until they, you know, when, when they do come back, if, if more shows are not going to have an intermission for literally mm-hmm. for, for, the sake of, we don't want people milling about while we're getting, you know what I mean? There are so yep. many things that I, I I can't help but think about. And, for sure. Um, I was
1: worried about um, initially when we came back, like if people, if fans were going to want to come back and if, but I'm no longer worried about that. The wonderful thing too about this um, pandemic and having to be in is that I've had more time to connect with fans via Cameo and like Broadway Plus and Broadway Booker and all that. And They are ready, like people who love theater are beautiful, passionate souls who, theater is an outlet for them to find joy and creativity and celebrate with family members. It's something they do together. It's something they plan all year to go and do. I just think I, I'm no longer worried that it's gonna be like, oh, I wonder if people are gonna come back. Like when come it's back. safe to come back, I think people will come back in, in droves.
0: I mean, you look at the history of what the arts has done anytime we've had like a world war or anytime we've had like um, you know, something traumatic happened and mm-hmm. you know, people run to it. You know, yes. they, they want to escape. They want to, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, of theater. You know, we, we talk about, I was just talking with, a, with another person that's gonna be featured on here about coming up, hopefully we see a more diverse Broadway, um, you know, in, in every sense of the word. And like how mm-hmm. we, if, if as an audience member, if, if we are realizing that, you know, if, if we go there going, all right, we're gonna escape for two and a half hours, we're gonna suspend our disbelief, like the same thing should work for, for casting. You know, we have to- Indeed. Producers need to start trusting audience members that they're intelligent, that they want to see an, an array of people on stage, behind the scenes, in the pit everywhere you know what i mean oh that's gonna be
1: one of my favorite things coming back exactly right jimmy like it's gonna be completely different like there's no way it's gonna look different we're gonna have new stories i'm not a huge revival fan like there are some that i think need to come back but there's so much new work that's going to i think come out of this and with that new voices and i i'm thrilled thrilled about that
0: I agree. My my prediction, I, I do think that when when we come back, I, I do think that there's probably gonna be a couple revivals. I would I would be shocked if there wasn't a surge of them sure. temporarily, honestly to up the money and to get people going sure sure back into something that they're comfortable with. Yes. And then I agree. I think once the once there's some recoupments that are made, um, then I, I think it's like get ready. Cause I think if anything during this pandemic. Like you talked about, people have gotten creative. They're like, oh, these are the stories that that matter. Mm-hmm. These are the stories that 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 need to be told. And you know, so that's my hope is that we see more of like these shows like if then and you know come from a way in terms of powerful storytelling. Um, so I guess I would love to and before we wrap up, two, two things. I'd like to piggyback off of you talked about being on Cameo and, and working with younger. Um, You know, younger artists and students, because I remember it came up in the reading. And um, how do I mean, remember we were talking about how we say some of the exact same things, like what I say to to people that I read and to your students, like what what do you try to instill in them, like in addition to just like the arts and and, like the, the performance aspect?
1: Well, so as far as teaching goes, if, it's, um, if these are artists, young artists, and primarily high school and, and college is what I focus on, the age group that I focus on, um, I talk a lot about kindness and gratitude and how those two things can bring us into the present moment and how present moment awareness is um, key to being not only a good artist but a good person And we don't just get hired because we have this tremendous talent. We get hired because we're the whole package. People can sense that throughout the day we are in the practice of taking care of others. And certainly for a new work, you know you're gonna be in the room developing with this team, this family, for years and years and years. So the energy that you bring into the room has to be something that you practice throughout the day. And attributes of a good actor, the foundation is always present moment awareness. And I think younger students, especially their minds are so brilliant and they work so quickly and they're able to watch a show and review a show and text their friend about the show and order a pizza that'll be home when they're done with the show and still get the show. But, which is really quite astounding, but we're losing just that singular, nothing else matters than this moment right now and this moment right now. And the beauty of present moment awareness is that you can always come back to it. And so my two favorite tools to talk about are kindness and gratitude to bring us back into the present moment, again, to be a good person and to be a good artist. And uh, the acting part's easy. Like, who are you talking to? What do you wanna get from them? We'll get to that. But before that, we talk a lot about um, those things, bringing us into the present moment and why that's important.
0: I feel like we're twins. Um, I, I say the exact same thing, you know, I mean, when I, with, even with my students that I direct, I always tell them, I'm like, you have to be present. And I always say that too. I'm like, the acting part is not the hard part. If, if it's, it's the staying present, it's the listening and, and same as a, as a medium. I always say it's not so hard establishing who's there. Cause to me, that's more of a, a vision thing, or it's a, it's staying present and what do they want to say versus this isn't what I want to say. And I feel like you really have to, as a medium, get the hell out of your, like, get out of the way. And mm-hmm. what do they want to talk about? And it's a matter of staying present. It's this, it's this crazy thing where you're not only trying to stay present, you know, as the medium, but you're just trying to stay present with the client that you're reading and with the person that you're channeling. Wow, so it's, wow. So it's a real dance you know Mm -hmm. that that takes a while to um you know uh, to master and and you said it best i mean we we can be as great as we want to be in in whatever we do but if we're not if we're not being kind uh and we're and you know it's a feeling that that comes with it you Mm -hmm. know I, i for me the greatest compliment i can get is like somebody after reading feeling like um feeling that i was kind that i was reassuring and that you know um That that's, that's the best. Um, Well,
1: that's what I loved most about your reading. Not only the goosebump moments and when I, you know, cried because it felt so clear that somebody who loved me was coming through and sharing something. It's your sense of gratitude, um, not only for our connection, but for your connection, you kept thanking them as you were receiving these images. And I thought that was so beautiful and your, yeah, your whole goal, you can tell that your intention is to care to care for, um, to care for them, to care for me. That's why you were like, do you have any questions at the end? And I was like, how are you? <laughs> like-
0: Which I gotta say, like no one, I teared up because no one has ever done that for me before. No one has ever asked, are you okay? And it's it's funny, like when I first started doing readings like almost 10 years ago, it would drain me. Like I was, I would be very tired after and I like, I could probably only get through like one or two and it's if anything it's like a muscle the more you mm-hmm. use it, yeah um and now it's different now where it felt like a drain now when i do a reading it feels like a fountain and mm. as long as the pieces are in place of, of gratitude and you know like anyone on the other side they want you to be mannered like you never want to because that's the thing the medium's just the telephone i am not the one coming up with the ideas i'm just reading the sheet music, so to speak, and relaying it. So I'm not take. I don't want to take their ideas. I always want to say, thank you. Um, you know, it, it's an ability, you know, like I'm, I'm assuming every performer wakes up, um, or right before they go on, like, it's like a, God, thank you for letting me be able to do this. Like the same, the same works with, with me. It's not something that I, I take lightly or, um, you know, that I, uh, take for granted. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, is there anything else that you wanted to share that you feel comfortable sharing about the reading? If not, we can move on. I,
1: I, mean, I just want to encourage everyone to to, to do it and <laughs> to be open to it. I've, I'd never had a reading before. I didn't know what to expect. I loved that you sent a welcome video prior just so I could see your face, so I could hear the vibration of your voice, so I could get a sense of you and how you roll and that you were so reassuring that you're not gonna leave with the heebie-jeebies. I think people are afraid that if they allow themselves to connect or hear from the other side, that they're gonna hear something terrible or awful. And you did such a wonderful job of protecting us from that. I love that you started with the prayer. I love that you only invited good, um, white, benevolent, light um i love that you closed it after in protection it just felt so um loving and and sweet and I, you were doing such a good job there were moments when like you'd get a message you're like i don't know what that means um and then you were like help me translate it and then you would always find a way to say i believe uh this is what's happening and it it, it was always a helpful something. And I just think that that's such a, a gift.
0: Thank yeah, you. We have those moments when we don't know, because here's the other thing too. Sometimes they'll speak in symbols. So if somebody hasn't been gone that long, or even if they like, you know, if, if, if it's, um, it's funny, there was this one moment where and I, I think it's, I think it's okay to share. It's nothing. Of course.
1: Personal. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: nothing that would be, I think. Um, I remember when I got your grandfather through, It was like he showed me the symbol of just his smile. However, as a medium, sometimes a smile could mean two different things. It could either mean they're emphasizing their smile, they were proud of it, or like they might have, if they were older, they might have been missing teeth, but it didn't feel that way. He kept showing it to me. Like I like I told you, like I was viewing an Instagram story where like if somebody's trying to highlight maybe somebody who photobombed in the background and you don't notice them at first, each time you click the next story, it like zooms in on that person. <laughs> he kept getting me closer and closer and closer and closer to his mouth. And I remember I I had asked you, I was like, why is he emphasizing that? And I remember you had talked about like his smile was like the most cherished thing.
1: Absolutely, and when I think of him, I focus, it's a, just a focus on his mouth. I just see his grin, I see his smile. That's that's my memory of him. Then I'll see the rest of him, but every time I think of him, it's his mouth. So when you said that, I was beside myself. Oh, I also wanna tell you, you had asked my mom's mom, came through and I had never met her and you said I see her in an apron was she a big cook and I said to be honest I don't know well I asked my mom I said mom um you know I told her all about you and she was she got goosebumps and was so excited and I said did your mom wear did she cook a lot and she said she did she didn't like to but she did and I said well she presented like in an apron and she gasped and she was like, she would never enter the kitchen without putting on an apron. Even if she was pouring like a drink of something, she would like always, always, always had an apron
0: on in that kitchen. And I just, I, I was that like, well, be so happy because we, we hang up sometimes and we go, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm, I am right That's the other thing too. And you identify as a performer. It's not, and I I don't mean myself as a performer, but making the parallel, Hmm. it's not your job to translate the experience to the audience member. You're not supposed to say, this is how you have to take come from away or the message you've done. And same as a medium, uh, you know, at, at first, when you're first starting off, you really want that validation of, I got like a nine out of a 10, or it doesn't work that way. I have to get to the point where I release it and I go, all right, this is what I saw. And maybe it might not make sense with you, but it might and what's so fun is that I think being into the theater, like like being such a theater nerd, at one point too, I started hearing like the waitress, like the sugar, butter, flour, and so we'll get pop culture references, we'll get things. So if I saw that, that's like okay, they cooked, they baked. and when she put on the apron, like it felt like a non negotiable for me. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yes. somebody's like, well, that might be generic. It's, it's not. Like my my nanny, she did not cook. She ate out, and if she would she didn't wear an apron, you know, my Mm -hmm. other grandmother, from what I'm aware, she didn't have so it's funny, like, I think sometimes we take these things, if if, if somebody is skeptic at home listening, we take these things that are singular, maybe to us, or maybe they're not as common, but we think, oh, because it was for me, it must be a generic and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that way. No,
1: no, not at all. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so beautiful the things that you shared with me and how you showed them, and how it became very clear who was coming through. Um, there's so many goosebump moments, and then moments where just tears came out of my face because it felt so That's lovely to have the warmth of their energy coming through the warmth of of your energy.
0: My favorite thing, and then I promise, I promise, I'll I'll do my wrap up questions for you. Is like, I think just like an artist, I have to. I have to get a feel of the personality first. So Mm. I might have some questions about, um, so for example, if I like hear them swearing or if I hear like first off, I'm like, if anyone has a dirty mouth, I'm like, come to me first. I'm like, and it's just like, cause I'm like, oh, you're funny. And, but I do have to make sense of their personality first, that way, I know how to relay the messages because it's, it's almost like when you're a kid and you are doing like the reader's theater in grade school and you're like, oh, I got the part of something. So you flip to the table of contents to like read like the character rundown. <laughs> yeah Same thing with it, like you have to know, I have to know a little bit about their personality and establish it with, with whoever I'm reading first. Like, does this sound like them? That way when they do give me a message and I relay it in the first person from them, I can hopefully catch that inflection and the way they're meant to say it. You know what I mean?
1: Incredible.
0: And now it's time for some last minute questions. If you were stuck as a ghost in a theater and could only watch the same show over and over, musical every night, what would you pick?
1: I love this question. (laughs) This is tremendous. What a great question. Um, Oh my goodness. You know what's just popping into my head is company. I, I don't know why I just, I love that music. I love that musical. Um, I just saw the most recent revival um, before everything got shut down. Uh, so I wouldn't mind having some, some time I'll have company in there.
0: With them. um What was it? The not getting married today with like all of them coming out of like the refrigerator. Incredible. And, um, it was uh, so good. It was uh, so
1: good.
0: I saw, I did not see it. I've, I've seen clips of it and I saw, um, I saw Patty Lapone, uh, what, a year and a half ago in Rochester, front row. And I was the one that she threw that martini on when she sang, wow. Jen, it was like I was being baptized into the church of Patty Lapone. Like she hit me and it was just like, I didn't, you like, what do you do? Like Patty Lapone's like five feet away. She douses you. <laughs> but you have to like let her know that you accept Patty as like your Lord and Savior. So at this point, I'm like, and I like start rubbing it oh, on my body. I'm like, what the frig am I doing? And I was like, I just want her to know that I, I appreciate this this water of yes. like mocktail martini. Uh, that's gonna be one that I can't wait to see.
1: You're gonna flip out. I it's so beautiful, and everyone in it is so good. It's 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 a delight.
0: Perfect. Um, so if I love asking this, if you could go back in time, time travel, and if you could create a role that made a now Broadway star iconic, what role would it be
1: wait so I go back in time
0: go back and like let's say replace Bernadette Peters replace Patty Lapone. like if you could have been the first one to originate a role back in the day what show would you have? oh had?
1: I think it would be Peter Pan for sure and no disrespect to Mary Martin and to all of those who came before but um yeah I I think I've been playing Peter Pan for centuries
0: <laughs> that's that's a good one and then if you Hmm. If you could pick a Broadway star from, I mean, they can still be alive by all means, but maybe they've aged out of the role. If you could pick somebody who like a big Broadway person to have originated Beverly and come from away, who would you have picked?
1: Gosh, I mean, so many people would crush it, you know? Um, Wouldn't you like to see LaPone like fly a plane, right? Um, I'd love, she's such a badass. Um, I wish Marin Maisie was still here. I think Marin Maisie would crush that role, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I gotta say I'm a huge Rachel Tucker fan, so, um, she has replaced me on Broadway and I cannot wait to go back and see her. Um, I just think she's tremendous. So, uh, um, who else would be great in that role? What about Audra? What if Audra was Captain Bass?
0: Can you imagine those rich tones oh. of her on, on, on all of it. it? Oh
1: my God! Um, away. Can you imagine? She, like the plane just, would explode.
0: The tone <laughs> singing it
1: too. Oh, like, forget like, it. And just yeah. Forget. Oh my God.
0: Uh, and then there would be like thrill moments. You're like, is she gonna belt it and straight tone it? Is she? That's right. Do a little bit of like a flirty vibrato and like head voice. That's stuff? right. Uh, yeah. Because those deep flats <laughs> that you hit, and you know me in this guy, I'm like it could go either way, and I'd still be like sweating, being t- <laughs> with, my, with my water and my companion.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, final question, because I just love it <laughs> on a human note. So many, 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 many years from now, and we're all not here anymore. How would you want people to look back at Jen Congella as a human and as a performer?
1: Oh, I hope um, my legacy of of kindness and trying to be in the practice of kindness is what comes into people's hearts. I would like for people to remember my full-bodied hugs. When I hug, I'm I'm like knees to knees, you know what I mean? Like I want heart to heart, I want to feel your heart beating through my rib cage. Um, just to, I think that the sense of warmth and connection and love that I have for, for all humans, um, I, I think that would probably be it.
0: Beautiful. Well, Julia Murney talked about your hugs by the way because I, I, I read her and then I read you and then I interviewed her mm-hmm. and she was like you need to get a hug from Jen she's like when this is all done she's like we'll get together she's like you need to experience it she's like she's so funny she's like it is an experience is what she said
1: I love a hug you, Remember, you know I've heard that Ben Vereen is the same way that it's like a, that. Oh, it's a, that. A, a hug is a tribute to a con, to connection of of two humans i love a hug I
0: so can't we're gonna wait get to... together when the pandemic's over oh. i will come to stratford i'm One gonna hug
1: you down day. dude we're yeah. gonna
0: need a knee hug it out so that's right <laughs> well jen i want to thank you so much you are you are a magic you are a light you are a gift to all who know you and who have witnessed you perform so i want to thank you so much for being here today and thank you brother we will see you soon
1: all right. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, thank love.
0: You. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to learn more about Stage Door Medium, please feel free to give me a follow at Stage Door Medium on Instagram, stagedoormedium.com, and on YouTube, Stagedoor Medium as well. I hope you're well, and we'll see you soon.